Dan, I am going to make one assumption because you are here today recording a podcast. Oh boy. And what is that? You did not win the Powerball. I did not. However, I did have a winning ticket of two numbers and the Powerball. So I won $7. That's it? Yep. Gosh. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I, I I'd rarely play the lottery. Do you do you play it? I just uh, like when you get these big um feverish jackpots, I'll go buy a ticket. But same same here. When it's when it gets up there, you know, when it gets over a billion, then it's worth winning. Otherwise I don't want to mess around, you know. I think lottery is a Greek word which means one with poor math skills. <laughs> I think yeah. you literally have a better chance of falling out of bed and dying by a lightning strike after being stampeded by elephants than, yep. you, do, than you do winning winning the jackpot. But it is kind of fun. I'll say that. It's, yes. fun to, it's fun to dream about what would I do if I actually won the lottery? Oh, I know. And, and you know, you can't win unless you play. <laughs> you got that from when you worked for the carnival, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never win unless you play. So, uh -huh. yep. I remember where I used to work, it was, they had a major work culture a work ethic i mean these guys and gals they just lived to work i had people even say that you know and we would on, on our drives or when we were at lunch we would talk about you know the lottery and stuff and you know hey if you won the lottery what would you do you know people were saying oh i would go live on an island this and that there were guys that i would work with that would say i would be in to work the very next day i just love to work i need to work <laughs> And, and and there there would be nothing. I might get myself a new car, get my wife a new something, but I I would be right back to work. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then when they would ask me, I would say, uh, "You would never see me again." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. One day you're gonna come into work and say, "Has anyone seen Joe lately?" <laughs> they asked me, and I'd I say, "Who are you?" I would. Yeah. I would be gone. Yep. Yeah. But you know what, Dan? I, if I won the lottery, serious, I might move to a more secure location <laughs> with, <laughs> you know, with even more acreage and a very intimidating driveway. But I, I would probably still keep up with firewood. I think it's, oh, I think it's, I think it's fun. Why absolutely. not? I would too. I would, I would continue along what i'm doing i would maybe add a few more like toys and equipment to the roster but yeah i mean what else are you gonna do you can't just sit around and do nothing would you be the winner who would keep keep it a secret um as much as i could yes mm -hmm. i would no one yeah. would know yeah i know one would know I, I, I seriously say this, if I did win a billion dollars, it wouldn't matter if it was a billion or a million. Is there really a difference? <laughs> I, 
you, you would probably never know. It's just the way I am. I don't, we've always, we don't live a Spartan lifestyle, but we don't, we're not materialistic and buying stuff doesn't really bring me pleasure like some people. Yeah. Um, Same I here. I would want to, I'd want a new truck. Oh, yes. And, and you dang near near need to win the lottery to buy a new truck. <laughs> Gosh. I think if anyone wants to buy a new truck, they should just go buy the premium oil change for their current truck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah buy the premium oil change until that feeling goes away because yep. yeah what people are spending on trucks these days is oh my gosh yeah i don't know my my one four-wheel drive i've had it since 2016 i think maybe even longer than that and i swear i could sell it now you know for more than what i paid for it yeah, <laughs> the way these prices are. Good. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. I did uh like I I have a 2011, and you, that was my I stepped up from a 99. So like everything inside, you know, it's got all these fancy bells and whistles, and I I always think that you know this is this is really nice. But then when I came uh, to the Paul Bunyan show and I rented the vehicle that had like the big touch screen in the middle of the console and all yeah. this stuff going on, I was like this is just fascinating so mm-hmm. there is that lure to like oh yeah it'd be nice to buy a brand new car or a truck but i always get frustrated with people that like rag on the new cars and trucks you know they're like, oh, they don't make them like they used to and i'm thinking thank <laughs> god you know i had a for the longest time i had a mint condition 1977 f-150 and it was always my intention. I was going to put a modern interior in it, you know, and this and that. And man, then when I got my newer truck, I was thinking, what the heck was I thinking of? <laughs> you know, there's no sound deadening. It had a bench seat. You smelled like fumes whenever you got out of it. It rode like a tank. There's no cup holders. No cup holders. Come on. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I, I just laugh. It just, you got to you know, okay, when a car breaks down today, it could be a little difficult to work on, but come on, cars don't really break down as much as they used to either. You know, I'm thinking of our, our 73 LTD that broke down in the driveway for about a week before we could figure out what was wrong with it. You know, (laughs) putting in spark plugs at 40,000 miles and tires every, (laughs) every 20,000 miles. And yeah, it's yeah. it's just it's fascinating though some of the stuff like that car that I had, like it would detect if I was drifting out of my lane. It would detect <laughs> if my eyes weren't on the on the road. Like if I looked to the side for too long, like it would give me a warning that would keep my eyes on the road. I mean, there's oh my gosh. all kinds of wild technological advances. It's like <laughs> having your wife in your car uh, when she's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, win the lottery, Dan, and that vehicle can be yours. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would probably still heat my house with wood, though. Would you? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's where the majority of the the scraps and the waste go, and they get burned in my outdoor wood furnace. All the all the stuff you don't want to sell. Yeah, the ugly wood, you know, if it's got 
rot or ant holes in it or if it's a weird species like poplar or gum or if it's what I call an off cut. Yep. Cuz you know I run the I run a firewood processor and this new one I have it's a Yappa 405. Man is it productive. It just spits out firewood and I have never really had to deal with the waste that comes out of it you know the the scraps and the sawdust and the that stuff that's in between scraps and sawdust is kind of like a mulchy kind of a scrap oh yes yeah yeah because you you have that side it like separates it out with a separate little conveyor right well yeah and i don't i just dump it out in the field you know and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I do like about a weekly clean out of it. And the next thing I'm realizing is this is going to start becoming a problem. I'm getting a lot of waste and scraps. And I think if, you know, the the major producers, they have a way of making mulch with it. And that's where I'm kind of too small to hire something that would come in and grind all this. And I don't have enough, but it's also becoming a bigger of a pile than I want to deal with. Oh, so I'm kind of in a, and I, and it's almost, it's too much of a pain. It would be to take it over to the furnace and shovel it in because I'm, it would probably roar the black smoke, <laughs> you know, and then you would be out there all day. Cause that stuff would burn up real quick, but yeah. And, and I also don't want to light it on fire too, Dan, because this is all hay field out through here. And, you know, you get a windy night and stuff, and you can light the field on fire. Yeah. But, <clears throat> so you don't. So if you're just spreading it out, you're finding that even like in your low lying areas or just in areas you want to kind of not have any grass growing, it's it's still accumulating at a pace that you can't keep up with it. Um, it is accumulating at a pace where now it's got my attention. Uh, okay. So there, I guess I could still just keep dumping it there. I mean, what the heck? It's my land. You know, I can do to it what I want. Uh, but I don't know. And <laughs> and then I'm also looking at the time of year and the snow's going to start. And we've had a very dry, unseasonably warm fall. And I'm still, when I do my clean outs, I use my forks on my tractor and I all the scraps and all the sawdust go into those bladders from the IBC totes. Yep. And I just fork it over there and dump it. Well, I can do that because it hasn't been raining. I mean, it is swampy out through there where I've been dumping it. And so now I'm wondering about, oh, what am I even going to do when it rains and stuff? I won't be able to get out here. Where am I going to dump it then? <laughs> You're going to have to make a big pile and then in the spring, use your bucket on your tractor and just start, you know, spreading it out. Ugh. moving it around. That's that's kind of what I do is I take a lot of my scraps from my splitter, which are like you said, they're kind of like the in-between. They're like bigger than mulch, um, but it also has that fine sawdust mixed in. And I've just been kind of uh, filling in this low-lying area in this like little washway, and uh-huh. I just keep adding to it and adding to it. And surprisingly, it compacts and breaks down fairly quick for me. Oh, anyway. wow. Yeah, you know. can't use it for kindling, can you? It's too small for kindling, and it's too yeah. big for mulch. Right. I had at first thought, like, the fines that come off my machine, I could just 
dump these around the house for mulch, but uh, they don't, it's, they're weird looking, unpleasant, yeah. <laughs> unpleasant to the eye. And they're too small to burn in my furnace, but they're too big for mulch. And so I just dump them in the yard and I don't know is, you know, there's, so I do, I get people recommending me on my channel. They'll say, Joe, you need to do something with all these fines. And I agree, but I'm sole proprietor, you know, and there's just so much that I can do, or I guess that I want to do. And yeah. I think I'll probably just let it lay around until it becomes a problem and I have to address it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I get. I get the comment a lot too, where, because some of my uh, like shaft or, you know, splits coming off are like fairly decent sized pieces. Maybe not, you know, perfect kindling, but everyone will always say, you need to pick up all those, you know, all that slash and bag it up for kindling and sell it. And I'm like, yeah, I would spend hours digging through that to get a couple bags that may or may not even sell. And then I want, I got $5, you know, I, spend, I totally agree. <laughs> I spend two hours sifting through and picking up pieces and then you know it's just not worth it to spend the time and effort i just break it up put it in the bucket and dump it in the ditch <laughs> you know i'm glad that you said that that is that is precisely my situation so if i'm assuming that our listeners and if they haven't checked out my channel or your channel i am ohio Woodburner on youtube and dan is back 40 firewood on youtube and my new firewood processor has a patented splitting system called the perfect split and it is dynamite um, i have two separate cleaners on my processor and quite honestly because we don't split and sell you know we don't split right into the trailer and go dump it in someone's driveway everything we make is stacked so in theory i don't even need a cleaner but this new machine comes with a cleaner that separates the fines and then Yappa and Metza machines um, gave me that cleaner to demonstrate how it works on my channel. So that's not mine. I keep waiting for them to come take it one day. Uh, I don't technically even need that, but it leaves me with two separate piles, the fines and kindling size. And I, <laughs> In theory, Dan, it sounds like a great idea. Wow, there's all this money laying on the ground here. And I actually did it once. I went through and dug out like all the neat stuff that would look good for kindling. But it, that lasted about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that right. I would pay, I would pay someone, you know, if I could sell a bag of kindling for $10, I would pay someone $10 for me not to have to do this. <laughs> Well, and I mean, and, and I understand where like people look at that and they, you know, no one likes to waste something, but, I agree. but there's also then, you know, that, that trade-off of how much time do you spend? How much effort do you put in? And, you know, in my case, we're like, I'm filling in an area and kind of just, you know, I'm, I'm letting it return to the forest That's as the you know, area. it decomposes, it, it breaks down. And so for me, it, yeah, it's not worth digging through and trying to find kindling. And then, you know, you pack, have to package it up. And then, you know, is it even going to sell? Like, is anyone even going to buy it? I don't know. It... I'm here to tell you that kindling does sell. And it's a great add-on sale. It's like when you go to McDonald's and buy a Big Mac, the, the counter person always says, well, you like fries with that. 
So the retail principle is you have someone in front of you willing to spend money. So you try to add on to their ticket. So kindling, yes, but (laughs) there's different ways to produce kindling. And for me, digging through a mound of scraps is not one of them. No, no. But man, I just, Dan, it would be easier for me just to put this all into a pile and light it on fire. And all of the, I have people that make firewood for me. And every producer that I know has a burn pile, you know, where they throw their, um, yep. you know, like they throw their scraps or if a log has ants, they throw it in there. But I just know my area, we sit high up on this ridge and the way the wind blows and stuff, I'm telling you, I would start a forest fire out here. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you ever thought about a burn barrel, like where you could just have a little barrel like back there where you're working to kind of keep you warm in the winter, toss in a shovel full here and there? I, I have thought of that. I, this will be my first winter back in my back 40, uh, which I, I came up with that word. I love it. Uh, I think it works great. <laughs> and I don't know. I just, the, the, the thought of fire back there bothers me. And, you know, my, my road is a wooden corduroy road, those oaken mats. And there's just a lot of, <laughs> there's, if, it's there's just always windy up here. And that's why I'm, it's just fire. I worry about fire in, um, in the summertime, you know, when it does dry out. I always complain about how wet our ground is, but you know, where I work and stuff is high. Yep. Uh, you know, I don't know smoking. If anyone came back with a cigarette, I'd go crazy because it's just, it's a tinderbox. Yeah. And I'd hate to see my beautiful big red machine go up in flames. <laughs> yeah. That would not be good. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to win the lottery then. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I've gotten in uh loads of like chips, like from uh Rick, my, my tree service guy, he brings me uh, chipped, you know, trees and branches. And surprisingly, it's, I have a load that was dropped off last year. So it's been a little over a year, but about an inch or two underneath the top surface uh-huh. level, it's already like breaking down into fairly decent looking like compost or soil. I don't know, whatever oh, wow. you want to call it. So I think if, I think the scraps would, you know, eventually, like I said, settle and and you would just have to get them spread out all right i do have a very low squishy area maybe i'll start doing that i've just been dumping it into a pile that keeps spreading outwards uh. maybe i could start doing that i don't know what that would get me uh it might just buy me more time but i think what i'm dealing with though is uh an eventual you know, bottleneck or eventual problem that must be dealt with. Yeah. And selling all this stuff. I don't know. Right. I, I bet I'll bet if I put a basket of it or a tote of it out at the end of the driveway with free on it, that someone would take it, but I don't want to lose a tote. (laughs) I was just going to say they'd take the tote and not the, yeah, (laughs) I wouldn't want to lose a tote. I don't want to violate zoning. And, you know, like I said, this, my, where I live is precious and I don't like people coming here. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I don't have local pickup. I don't want to do any business out of my, out of my place. I'm just delivery only. Yeah. Yeah. It it is funny though, how fast 
stuff like that accumulates. Yeah. Where I used to split in a certain area last year, uh, anytime like bark would fall off of a, a round that I was splitting, I would just with my left hand grab it and I'd always throw it in one general direction. And over time, you know, like you say, all of a sudden I had this big mound of worthless bark just <laughs> laying around. <laughs> and so I had that. What I did is I just grabbed the loader bucket, loaded some of it up. The bigger pieces I did actually take to our fire pit one night and just had a, a bark burn, a burn bark. <laughs> <laughs> and But yeah, stuff just, you don't think of it, but those little things just add up. And then you get to the point where you're like, oh, now what? What do I do now? Jeez. I had recently the worst load of logs ever delivered to my land ever. Um, they were not bought, brought by Jesse, you know, log hauler Jesse. Uh, so he's, he's innocent here. But I bought them. <laughs> The only benefit is it was a big load. I did get a big yield out of it, but the logs were just garbage. They were covered in mud and there was, mm. it was about 40 to 50% poplar. And this mystery wood, which I figured out was gum. And all of the bark has fallen off and I'm almost done with it. And I am left with just a sea of bark. And it's just... <laughs> I, there's nothing I want these logs just to disappear because every time I look at them, I get mad. <laughs> it's one of those, you know, like as a business owner, it was an expensive lesson. So I learned, you know, and I've become a better, better at running a business because of this load, but it's just annoying me right now. I want to get them all done, processed and out of my life. But what I'm left with is just a big pile of bark. And I'm thinking, what the heck? This is just going to make my pile even bigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that stuff you can't spread out like kind of as a mulch if you're walking around because those things will trip you every time you try that to walk over them. <laughs> poplar bark. Oh, I can't even stand to look at it. It has like that paper stuff that peels off of it. And yeah, jeez. Oh, yep. The gum logs came off in just long, gangly strips. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. And I, it's taken me through, I went through three chains. Ooh. Because uh, I was like brushing off all the dirt and stuff, you know, and then I was like, ah, oh, the heck with it. And man, it, <laughs> it does. Like I could go about five to six cords uh, on one chain because you're cutting under ideal conditions on a processor. Uh, yeah. But man, when you cut through mud and, oh, gosh. <laughs> <clears throat> so do you, do you, um, you also then have a separate collection for just your sawdust, right? Coming off the 405? I do. I use those IBC bladders, the, the little plastic. plastic, little, the big plastic tanks that go inside the cages. So I cut down, I cut the top off so that it sits right underneath the exhaust port where the chips come flying out. And it works great, man. I mean, it just shoots it right into that container. And then in the evenings, I put the lid back on it, keep the rain out of it. So it doesn't uh -huh. get, real get real heavy. And my nephew, uh, my niece and nephew have chickens and he'll take one home. Uh, and that's about it though. You know, I just, I just give it to him. I understand that there's people that will buy it off of me. Um, and that's where, you know, I get into this whole thing here. I would want to fork it into the back of my truck and take it over to them because I would not want them to come here. 
and you know is it more what am i going to get yeah you know, for a container like 20 bucks or something that's not worth my time you know, right i don't i mean I, if anyone say hey joe here's 20 dollars," i'll say okay but you know i don't i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna like you know take that much effort i don't know but maybe dan this is my internal struggle but at least it's out of my life and it's being put to use yeah but you know i'm I, I want everyone in this world to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I look, I got to take care of myself first and <laughs> let, you know, someone else can save the world. I don't know. Is that coming off wrong? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. It's just too easy to dump it on the ground and, and then just start all over again. Right. I think, you know? I think things like sawdust and, and the scrap mulchy type of material, I think it's a lot easier to find uh, uses for it if you are like a big producer like if you have a large operation and you're getting like one of those tote bladders full of sawdust a day or two a day you know yeah. so at the end of the week right. you can ship it all to a you know maybe like a factory that packs uh wood pellets or sells it for like animal bedding or you know then it's easy yeah. but when you're dealing with you know like for me i get a little mound of sawdust from the 315 every time I run it, but I just kick it with my foot and it spreads it out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I understand people out there are probably looking at us or listening right now saying, Oh, you guys, you know, you're wasting. Yeah, I agree. And but, I, I accept that criticism. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Because I know it's, I'm, I'm leaving money on the table. I'm missing an opportunity. I could be doing better with it instead of just dumping it into a pile, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I got, <laughs> I, I got to get the wood stacked. I got to, I got to return messages. That's right. You know, I, um, <laughs> I carry about an average of 12 to 20, uh, voicemails in my phone, uh, that I have to return. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you have a box blade for your tractor or a a blade? I do not. I do have a back blade, but I got my bucket on the front too. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say I, I think the best plan is just kind of keep sporadically dumping it out in piles, and then you with your bucket go and just level it out and kind of smooth it over. And like I said, the stuff that I've spread out and it it settles real quick and it actually decomposes very fast. Mm -hmm. I mean, fast as in like a year or two, you know, not like overnight yeah thing, but well it's not like my land's doing anything else i don't really use much of my my land yeah i never really did ever put it into production we used to have a real big garden but over the years our garden kept getting smaller and smaller and now our garden's this little square box on our patio <laughs> <laughs> an herb garden on the shelf in the kitchen <laughs> yeah yeah i I, I don't know, Dan. I think it is, I am totally open for criticism. And, you know, people that, that in my videos, I get a lot of comments. Joe, you should do this with that scrap. You should do that with the scrap. And I agree with them, but I'm, you know, I, I'm just not going to do it. It's going to take a little bit more. Yeah. It'd be neat if there was, you know, I keep saying that we need a poof machine or, a, you know, to help stack wood. And I've seen these pellet machines that go on like a tractor PTO. 
where you like shove sawdust into them and, and they'll like spit out pellets. Oh, yeah. But, you know, but even then, I don't know. Uh, that, was, that's a, that was the kind of stuff. I looked for that at the Paul Bunyan show. I didn't see anything. Right. And that's that's the kind of stuff where if I do win the lottery, that's the kind of stuff I'd be buying. Stuff like that where, you know, I could make uh-huh. I could make use of something. But, you know, for now, it doesn't make sense for me to spend $40,000 on a contraption to make wood pellets that I can make, a you know, a bag of every month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it would be fun though don't you it think? would be fun that's what i mean and so if i won the lottery that's how i would spend my time having fun and being creative with all these different alternatives you know what you do with your mulch what you do with your or your shavings your sawdust but for now it's just going to fill and return to the earth <laughs> if i won the lottery i would buy you that machine too and i would also buy you a shirt with sleeves <laughs> Well, I have a long list, so I'll give it to you. <laughs> well, I'm just grateful that you're at least wearing a shirt today. So. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, like I always tell people, like my arms aren't the biggest, but they sure look good. <laughs> <laughs> so Must be the lighting. Sh- I gotta show them off, you know. <laughs> but I think this was a good little uh, conversation, and I think maybe people, if they have any suggestions or like ideas, what they do with their scraps they should let us know they can email us at the woodhounds at gmail.com because i'm always open for ideas and i love hearing you know different approaches to handling stuff like this and i think it just sparks conversation and sparks the mind to keep thinking so, i'm going to make a prediction though i'm going to predict that 99.9 percent of all the woodhounds out there do exactly what we do we just they just dump it on the ground <laughs> yep yep push it aside, you know, make a little, like I've used it for like weed control. Like I pack it nice and thick and weeds don't grow where I put it. And so, you know, there's another idea, Joe, you won't have to mow back there in your field. You could just have, you know, a 18 inch thick layer of mulch. Yeah. That would be great. Wouldn't it? No yeah. mowing. Mowing is the, is a waste of time. In my opinion, <laughs> we can put robots on Mars but we can't invent a grass that doesn't grow. (laughs) (laughs) But I always say that too, you know, we can put robots on Mars, but we can't get cell phones to work in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. Yep. What are you going to do? Yeah. Well, Dan, I think it's time uh, to strike up the band and I'm going to go outside and enjoy this beautiful day. It's gorgeous out. Yeah. Let's go get some stuff done. Sounds like a plan. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Woodhounds and appreciate you tuning in every week and making the Woodhounds the number one firewood podcast in the galaxy. And please don't forget about us. If you do win the Powerball, you can send us an email (laughs) (laughs) asking for payment instructions to thewoodhounds at gmail.com. Is that right? Yes. yes. And we'll keep your name and info confidential. So you, you, you don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I'll I'll just give you all the sawdust now. I won't charge you for it. <laughs> all right, Dan. I think it's time. Let's get out of here. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And I'm going to tell everyone to stay cool and be 
safe. And have a great day. day.